0: It's easy to do the right thing when everybody's looking, but to do the right thing when nobody's looking. And that's typically what he was known for.
1: Welcome to Connections with Rich and Bobby. Hi, I'm Rich, Rich Homeris.
2: And I'm Bobby, Bobby Hamlin. Now today we're hearing about the story of the famed 1920s Olympian, Eric Little, beyond the glory we saw in the movie, Chariots of Fire, all brilliantly portrayed in the book, The Final Race. The author of The Final Race, Pastor Eric Eichinger, is our guest, and he's sharing some of the interesting insights he discovered while writing this biography.
1: When you're in the ordinary, it's kind of easy to say, yes, I'm a, a believer. I believe in Christ and uh, and go on with your business. But when you have fame and you have adulation and you have things that uh, come your way and it puts you in the spotlight, to uphold your faith is a uh, different matter altogether. And some, you know, fall by the wayside. How was Eric in his faith? Did he maintain his faith through the uh, lean years and through the glory years?
0: Oh. Very much so. One of the tremendous resources that the Eric Little Centre has in Scotland is they have a number of letters and correspondence that he wrote as a missionary. So again, this is after he's had all of his Olympic success and, and all of that stuff. And he's, you know, years later and in, in China and he's a lot of the substance and in the in the letters is him just talking about praying for his students and, and hoping that they are going to become believers in Christ and trying to figure out ways to uh, engage them and connect with them, that they'll be open to hearing the, the word of Jesus. And so you really see him painstakingly thinking about it and, and practicing it. But then he had so much of his time that was dedicated to that as well in terms of if it, you know, if it was teaching in the classroom or if it was on the sports field or just always, you know, that idiom of going the extra mile, that extra effort to make, you know, it special for every young person that he interacted with. So mm. it really came through in his letters and writing. So mm. yeah. yeah, not a, uh, you know, just when the lights are on and the camera. So it, it, it's wonderful because oftentimes it's when, you know, it's easy to do the right thing when everybody's looking, but to do the right thing when nobody's looking, and, and that's typically what he was known for. So mm-hmm. that that's a consistent pattern that he had.
1: Now, some were saying that, you know, here's this hero. He was being used a lot at public speaking, and people were uh, drawing to his, his lectures and his teachings and what have you there in England. They were saying, why couldn't he stay in England and do more for Christ than venture off to a far land like China where no one knew who he was?
0: Yeah. No, that's a that's a great question. And for Eric, one of the things I've I've taken away from that too is anytime you have a, a divine call in terms of, you know, what, what you feel God is, you know, a door that he's opening for you or you you have a dilemma where it's like, well I could serve God over here or I could serve God over here. And one of my big takeaways from how he made a lot of his decisions and it sort of helped me transcend into how I make decisions is do we want to go with the selfish choice or the selfless choice? Mm. And he consistently would make the selfless decision. And, and I have found and discovered in just studying that and applying it in my own life that oftentimes when you're in this dilemma of, well, I can, you know, both, either or, would be a, a wonderful way to, to serve God and, and the community. But the selfless route usually is the route that has the most peace.
2: Yes, and and as you mentioned, when it's a calling on your life, you know, you, you get those tuggings on your heart and your mind, and, and things seem to open up in a certain way where you know you have a calling to go somewhere. That's the path we have to take, right? Uh, even if it seems to our human minds that it would make more sense to do something different.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a definitely a, a difficult task. It's an emotional task. And so, uh, you know, uh, and people have asked me that before, too, like when they have to make tough decisions, because you can make pros and cons and they usually always equal out. But, but when I frame it in terms of what, what is selfish and what is selfless, it starts to get a little bit clearer and easier. And it might not be the, you know, the easiest path, but, you know, there's more peace when it's like, nope, I can see more people are are affected. I can serve more people when I'm not putting myself first. You Uh know, if it's God first and others second and ourselves third. So that's, uh, yeah, it's a good a good motto to go
1: by. You know, I liked uh, the way um, throughout your book, with uh, each starting chapter, you would have like a theme verse. And along this same line of what we're talking about, God's calling, you use the um, the verse in uh, chapter 4, Muscular Christianity. You use the verse from uh, Matthew 4, verse 19, that said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And rather than following ourselves or our passions, uh, Christ calls us to follow Him, and He will make us. And isn't that uh, part of our calling, that we are to follow Christ and let Him make us?
0: Oh, oh definitely. And And, you know, oftentimes... We, we think we know best, <laughs> you yes. know, and so sure, why why wouldn't he, you know, capitalize on all of his opportunities and why why would, you know, take advantage of all the, you know, doorways of lucrative opportunities that might come his way, but God always knows better, you know, despite our best judgment. <laughs> right. And so, it you know, and, and we're afraid too, because it's like, well, all right, I'm, if I walk away from this good opportunity a more selfless opportunity. I, I'm going to lose, you know, it's a sacrifice. But what's, what we don't know and what we're waiting to discover is all of these wonderful blessings that God has for us uh, on the other side.
1: Oh, how true that is. And I liked how Eric Little puts it in one of his quotes saying, Circumstances may appear to wreck our lives and God's plans, but God is not helpless among the ruins. God's love is still working. He comes in and takes the calamity and uses it victoriously, working out his wonderful plan of love.
2: Mm, Just beautiful. God's blessings and purposes for our lives are always the best as we hold on to his direction and his care for us. We'll be returning to our talk with Pastor Eichinger in just a moment, so do stay with us. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby. And if you're enjoying this feature, we'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast. Just go to our website at Connections with Rich and Bobby. That's all one word, and Bobby is spelled B-O-B-B-I dot com. That's Connections with Rich and Bobby dot com and there you'll find all of our podcasts posted, along with all of our contact information.
1: You can also listen to us on a smart speaker, if you have one, by simply saying, Alexa, Siri, or Hey Google, play the podcast, Connections with Rich and Bobby. Now, let's return to our talk with Pastor Eichinger and his story about Eric Little.
2: There are so many things to learn from him, and his faith was obviously so strong. Some people might not be familiar with the movie. Maybe they haven't seen Chariots of Fire, and um, and so we should maybe just make a mention here. What happened was he was a runner, and it took him to amazing places, and finally he reached the Olympics. But the thing that made him stand out most of all was that he refused to qualify to run on Sunday. And he had to be true to what he knew from his faith, that God, well, he felt that Sunday is the Lord's day, and that going to the trials was not something that he could do on a Sunday, that he needed to observe just the Lord. So in spite of all of the pressure, all of the hopes and dreams that were placed on him to win at the Olympics he couldn't even go through the qualification because of his faith. And so it was just so strong for him to stand up against that pressure. Now, I was wondering, what what about his upbringing? Was he raised in a strong Christian home? Or where did that kind of faith come from?
0: He was born in the missionary field in China. And so... It, it's kind of fun. that The Chinese will actually kind of say, well, Eric Little is the first Chinese-born Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> so Because, yeah, you think, <laughs> oh, he's from the U.K. or from right. Scotland or England, but, but he was born in China. And so he was the second of four children. His father was a missionary. Then when he was about five, the older brother Rob is seven, and they head back to Scotland. And so now they're seeing Scotland for the first time where the parents are from and this new home, but it's very new to them. And they were there for a couple of years, and then they got more of the Western culture, the British culture and and worship and church and all sorts of things in in the West and family. But then his father and mother headed back to China, and they left the boys, Eric and his older brother. So Eric, I believe, was about Seven and this brother Rob was nine, and they left them and they didn't see them again for five years. But again, wow. it sounds so brutally hard on our ears in America. But, you know, a lot of our classic literature, they talk about the British boarding schools. And so this yes. was very much accepted uh, at the time. Their boarding school was in England and it was specifically for sons of missionary children. So they were in a group and a demographic of a whole bunch of boys that were missionaries minded like them and the yes. educators and teachers very, very much um, going going to chapel, studying the scriptures, corresponding with their parents weekly. So so God was was very much evident in his life growing up in, in a variety of aspects.
2: Uh huh.
1: You know, um, I remember being in contact with uh, the Christian college where a lot of uh, missionary children were attending and uh, being boarded at that school. And one of the things that stood out to me in visiting with uh, some of these uh, missionary children is that they felt so bitter and so sad that their parents had left them to uh, reach the world and left them for dead, so to speak. But in your book, when you read about Eric Little, it doesn't seem like that had a uh, an effect on his life or his brother's life.
0: Yeah, the, the saving grace there, or the silver lining, was uh, the relationship he had with his older brother. And I think they had each other, and so they had an aspect of that, that familial relationship. But also, Eric Little's mother uh, was determined to write each of the boys a letter every single week. And so then they started corresponding with that. And then, and then you kind of get into that. That pattern and that habit where there is that growth in relationship and thinking about conversations or what they're, what they're talking about. Even though they're not physically present, there is definitely an emotional presence and, and a relationship that is growing and learning uh, and cultivated.
2: be continuing our talk with Pastor Eichinger on our next podcast as he shares more about writing the book, The Final Race. Again, a complete and inspiring story about Eric Little, truly a hero of faith and perseverance. So join us then and be sure to invite others to tune in as well.
1: Yes. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Eichinger and the book, The Final Race, just go to his website at EricEichinger.com That's spelled Eric E-R-I-C Eichinger spelled E-I-C-H-I-N-G-E-R.com. com EricEichinger.com The book is published by Tyndale and is available online or at most book outlets.
2: You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby and we'd love to connect with you. Just go to our website at Connections with Rich and Bobby. That's all one word, and Bobby is spelled B-O-B-B-I dot com. That's Connections with Rich and Bobby dot com. And there you'll find all of our podcasts posted, along with all of our contact information.
1: You can also listen to us on a smart speaker if you have one, by simply saying, Alexa, Siri, or Hey Google, play the podcast Connections with Rich and Bobby. Then you may also join us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. This is Connections, connecting with one another, as Romans 1 verse 12 says, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So thank you for listening, and remember, tell others and spread the word, God's word.
2: And we'll see you next time on Connections with Rich and Bobby.